Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. Before we get to basketball at the England Center from Saturday, how about volleyball at Amelie Arena on Sunday? First of all, well-organized event. Tampa looked great with the weather kind of crappy this weekend. Inside, you couldn't tell, right? And I'm sure we'll talk to Michael Kelly about it on Bulls Speed Ahead. Again, I'll be taking the bus trip down with women's basketball to West Palm this afternoon, and we'll be recording via Teams the new Bulls Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly for Tuesday morning's airing, so get ready to hear that. I'll be getting set for some women's basketball, but we'll also be covering, again, all of the football activities, the media availability, so that you guys can hear them on our podcast page. And oh yeah, the Texas Longhorns, they lost four matches this year. I'm not sure how. They destroyed both Wisconsin and then Nebraska in the final yesterday. Three sets, 25-22, 25-14, 25-11. Just never thought I'd see Nebraska get smoked like that. But Texas obviously earned its back-to-back national championship and said they lost four times, only once in a very good Big 12 conference. The other three defeats were early in the season, but they obviously had it going. And the crowd of just under 20,000 at Amelie Arena was a record for volleyball. And if you didn't see it, it was really awesome. And this was actually before they even won their first match. But the head coach of Texas, Jarrett Elliott, said that Tampa should host the event every year. So we showed out, and Rob Higgins of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission, I'm sure you'll hear that name, and some names of some staff members from USF who were a big part of helping run that event so smoothly. On Bull Speed Ahead, look for that on Tuesday morning. Hopefully you were listening to the game on Saturday afternoon. I was there at the Yingling Center getting ready for women's basketball, watching the men win a third straight game. They were so impressive last Saturday against Florida State, and then on Tuesday against Arkansas Pine Bluff, but this one did not start well. It had an eerie feeling to it, like the ones against Central Michigan and Maine, where the Bulls just couldn't hit a three-point shot. They were off to an 0-for-5 start, and Loyola was having that sort of surge of momentum, and they were stopping the Bulls inside, and, well, it should have been a 10-point game when things changed drastically. Nine on the shot clock, now off to Corey Walker. He's got the bigger body on him, trying to back him down. He's going to drop step, go up with the right hand. That's blocked. He uses his left hand there. He's going to be all right. But he put it right back into Ruben's face, who rejected it, and Loyola with a layup in transition. And this has now turned into a 10-0 run by the Ramblers. Everything going Loyola's way, and USF really struggling on the offensive end. And part of that has to do with Ruben's shot blocking, but the Bulls really out of sync. And there's a steal, a takeaway, and a dunk at the other end that misses. Des Watson all by himself misses the dunk. Selt Miguel at the other end for a three, and there it is. That's a five-point swing. Well, I'm making a note of that and putting a star by it. That could be a huge point in the game right there. What a big play there. 21-16, Loyola leads with 9.18 to go. Boy, Watson was all by himself, and give credit to the Bull who went down there and chased him and ended up with the ball. There's a block by Kobe Knox. Here come the Bulls. An outlet pass to Jaden Reed, left wing, sets his feet, fires a three, got it! Back-to-back triples by the green and gold. It's a two-point game. Back-to-back triples indeed. The Bulls now have made a pair on back-to-back possessions. It's 21-19, and we have a timeout. Bulls actually would follow that up not too long after with a 10-0 run to go up by four. Loyola had an answer back, and we were in for a game. It was 36-33 at the half. But the Bulls, and you're going to hear a lot of offensive highlights here, but let me tell you, the defense was a real, real reason. They just made Loyola work for everything. 
The Ramblers just shot 9 for 25 in the second half, while the Bulls, get this, 60.9%, 14 for 23. It was fun to watch, listen to in this case, and listen to Amir Durahim afterwards. Enjoy. It's tipped by USF and taken away into the hands of Selt Miguel. It's a race to the other end. Euro step, layup, good! Yeah, really, really pretty play by Selton Miguel. That's 14 points, and Loyola calls a timeout. Largest lead of the game for the Bulls, 49-44. To Reed, bigger guard on him, gets a high screen. They play off of him. Is he going to take Alston to school? Gets in the paint. Now a spin move, kicks it back out to Knox. Catch and shoot three. Yes! The kid out of Tampa with a huge triple on the right wing. Fryer off to Selton Miguel. Selton down the paint, kicks it left side. Sam Hines spots up three ball. Yes! Another triple for the Bulls. They've got eight. They're threatening to open this thing up. Plus to Case and Pryor. Bulls have got numbers now. Pryor, he's going to drive it all the way right into Alston. Off the window, he couldn't finish it. And he took it away from Norris, and he's going to flush it with two hands. Kaysen Pryor steals it from the point guard and delivers the dunk. Justin, I was about to say, you know, he didn't need to make that drive to the basket. He goes and redeems himself with a takeaway and a dunk, and the Bulls have built it back up to 13. And Pryor gets in front of Watson and forces a turnover. Here's Knox, a bounce pass to Hines. One-handed dunk. The Bulls are running and gunning, and they're dunking at our end of the floor. Timeout Loyola. Yingling Center has come unhinged as the Bulls have built a 15-point lead. You can start to see the soul leave the body here, Joey, because the back-to-back -back dunks has this crowd in it. They can sense it that the Bulls are ready to throw dirt on the Ramblers. Yep, hope has left the building for Loyola, I think. Coach, congratulations on the win. This is a very tough Loyola team, oh, but you guys were tougher in the second half. No, absolutely. Uh, all the respect in the world to Coach Valentine and that program. Um, but, man, I'm so proud of our guys. Golly, man, I'm so proud of those guys. You know, the, sec the first half, again, it was like one-sided. We played well offensively at times, but we didn't defend the way South Florida basketball is going to be known to defend. But, you know, you look in the second half, 36% from the field, 21 from three. We did our job. We did our job. Uh, I'm, man, I'm so proud of this group. They deserve it because they've been working hard. You really frustrated them, as you said, defensively in the second half. They went a long stretch without scoring. Uh, you you held them to 12 points in, in the second half until about six minutes to go in the game. What was the key to turning it up? It was just more, we talk about, we talked about ball pressure in the pregame show, but it was more so being solid once they got a drive to the paint. We bailed him out like Kobe Knox fouled the guy on the three right here towards the end. But in the first half, they were getting paint touches, shot faking us, and instead of being disciplined, staying down, walling up, we were jumping, trying to block every shot. So that was the difference between the two halves. USF a winner today, 77-64 over Loyola Chicago. Coach, the team started 0 for 5 for 3 and then hit three in a row. Yep. At that point, you started to see a big basket. Yep, and again, it's going to happen that way sometimes. But if you guys are aware like I am, that's where we've grown. You know, the first in the first month of the season when we missed those early shots like that, it dictated how hard we played on the defensive end. Tonight, we, grow, we grew. We, we've grown through that. We still competed, played hard defensively, and what happened was our defense ended up giving our offense our energy, and that's what we want. Definitely wanted to end with that point, and definitely a lot louder of a background for those post-game interviews than normal because there was another game 
about to start. We'll get to the women in just a second, but he said it. The defense really was everything in that second half. Yes, there were some offensive highlights, and oh yeah, they shot nearly 61%, 60.9 if you need to know, 51% for the game, but in the second half, Loyola was just 9 for 25. Bulls only committed 9 turnovers, got 19 points off the 14 from Loyola. Miguel again off the bench with 21 points, Sam Hines with 12, Jaden Reed played the Whole second half scored 13, grabbed six boards, which tied Case and Pryor for team high. Pryor, if he had not gone five for nine at the free throw line, would have been a fifth bull in double figures. He scored nine points. Chris Youngblood, despite an off game for him, yeah, still 11 points and four assists. The Bulls get above 500 at five and four, and they play Albany on Friday afternoon. Well, the women played a very strong NC State team on Saturday evening, and now the Wolfpack are 11-0 and surely to still be number three in the country when the polls come out on Monday. 66-54 was the final. NC State established the interior early and got 16 points and 11 rebounds from their center, River Baldwin, but seven of those points came quickly. They outscored the Bulls in the paint 42-10. Bulls could not match that inside, but as you know, they have some outside shooters, although their best remaining is Vicky Blasic with Sammy Puisis again now out for the season. But Blasic had her own ailment, a hamstring that was clearly affecting her. She was just one for six on threes and only played 23 minutes. Normally she averages in the mid-30s. Bulls were going to need some other scores, and there were two particular candidates in the first half when the game was back and forth. Now, Wilson hands it off to Brito, puts up the three right away, and follows through. Boy, that would be nice to see. And the Bulls' first bucket comes at the 7.50 mark. It's 7-3. Important shot there for the four position in Coach Hernandez's offense. When that four goes up to the top of the key, they've got to be willing and got to make that three-point shot. Wilson quickly the other way to Levy on the baseline for a jumper, and it's 9-5. to Nice job by Ariel. It feels a little bit more comfortable, right? That was a great play by the Bulls. Good heads-up play by Ariel Wilson, finding Romy Levy in the short corner. Nice pivot, little shot for Levy. Levy pulls up for a nice-looking shot. Knocks it down from the left side. Romy Levy has had these moments in games. Levy gets it on the right side, wants a screen from Schiphol. Steps back for a long two. What a sweet looking shot by Romy Levy. She has three of those from that same range and it cuts it back to two. Great pull up jumper. You know, she's again dangerous. She can put the ball on the floor. She stands 6-3 and she can pull up. Has a nice jump shot. Starting off the second quarter, Brito fakes the three, drives in. Lane opens up, got to lay that in. Carla Brito has seven. They get it to Levy. Just take it around Hayes if she can. It's a tough turnaround jumper. Man, oh man. She is phenomenal right now. She's got eight points and can't miss. It would look like 22 to 20 is the score. At that point, Romy Levy had nine points early in the second quarter. As you heard, Carla Brito had seven, but only one made bucket for each the entire rest of the game. The Bulls, once they got down by double digits, were in shoot three mode, and they just couldn't make enough of them. NC State held them without a field goal for nearly seven minutes on a 16-2 run, had it to 40-28 at the half, and Wolfpack's head coach, Wes Moore, knows what he's doing. His team was thinned out because maybe their best player, Saniya Rivers, has a back injury and didn't play, but they certainly had enough defense, and they came in top 10 in the country in field goal defense, 33%, and the Bulls, even though, again, they were down double digits, they weren't getting into their offense until 10 on the shot clock because of NC State's pressure. That's really where the game was won. Bulls had their looks. Maria Alvarez, a couple threes she made and had a couple looks if they go down to get it to single digits. But, heck, even if that happens. Again, NC State has two wins over top three teams. 
UConn and Colorado, that was going to be a tough team to beat. Got to mention Avaline Lutcher-Shipholt with the injury to Emma Johansson's starting center. Ava played the full 40 minutes, 12 rebounds. But the Bulls drop to 7-4. and four. They play 2-8 and eight IUPUI on Wednesday afternoon. We'll be on the air at 1 o'clock from Kaiser University in West Palm. And then Thursday at 3.30 is when they take on Baylor, which is another top 10 team. It'll be a stretch of the schedule, six games with three games against top 10 undefeated teams, going back to Texas, which continues to roll. NC State, of course, from Saturday. Both those teams are in the top five, that's all. And then Baylor, as you're hearing this, is only ranked 10th. They may move up in the new polls. They played fellow undefeated Miami on Saturday. And Baylor won by 18 points. So Bulls are 7-4 and four and two games left in the pre-conference slate. And like I said on social media, it's pretty clear and it's kind of been this way for a while that the Bulls are going to have to win the American to make the NCAA tournament. Normally they get enough wins in their non-conference schedule where that's not the case. The Americans' highest ranked team in the net is only number 64, and that's North Texas. So it's not like there's any unbeatables in this league. Sure, the Bulls are going to get challenged, but I think whether they win the regular season championship or finish sixth, they will certainly have a chance to make the NCAA tournament, but that's going to be their only chance winning the conference. By the way, it's not just the Bulls playing at Kaiser University. If you want to see some other basketball, we'll run it down for you here on Wednesday at 11 a.m. Illinois is playing Arkansas, and after we're done, Baylor does play Providence if you want to get a first look at them. Palm Beach Atlantic, which is pretty close, I think just a little jog to the east, is hosting some other teams like UTEP and San Diego State. Wednesday, we're the third game at Kaiser. Arkansas plays UIC, then Illinois-UTEP, followed by the Bulls and Baylor Bears. That's going to wrap it up. We'll talk to you guys from West Palm, and again, keep an eye on our podcast page for plenty of Boca Raton press conference material. This has been Bulls Beat for Monday. I'm Derek Sharp.